Hello everyone, Mimi's here to read to you from this lovely old, old book called The Dutch Twins, which was written by Lucy Fitch Perkins, and this was part of a series of readers from the early 20s, it looks like, published um, by Houghton Mifflin Company, the Riverside Press, Cambridge, written and illustrated by the same lady, Lucy Fitch Perkins, and she does a lovely job. This copyright was originally 1911, and I think this was the first book she did, possibly. She has the Dutch Twins, um, Dutch Twins Primer, Dutch Twins and Little Brother. I think this is just the original, the Dutch Twins, so it might have been her very first one, I'm not sure. We'll look into that. So, this was made, potentially, as a first grade reader. I don't see it in the list, so I think that's what it is. It says, yes, I'll say it's the first one. Um, this is a picture of Kit and Cat. That's going to be the cover that I will show you in the thumbnail for this podcast. This is a picture of Kit and Cat. They are twins, and they live in Holland. Kit is the boy, and Cat is the girl. Of course, their real names are not Kit and Cat at all. Their, their real names are Christopher and Katrina. But you can see for yourself that such long names as that would never in the world fit such a short pair of twins. So the twins' mother, Grau Vetter, said, They cannot be called Christopher and Katrina until they are four and a half feet high. Now, it takes a long time to grow four and a half feet of boy and girl. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know chickens and puppies and colts and kittens always grow up much faster than twins. Kit and Cat ate a great many breakfasts and dinners and suppers and played a great many plays and had a great many happy days while they were growing up to their names. I will tell you about some of them. Chapter 1. The Day They Went Fishing So remember, Kit is the boy and Cat is the girl. If you forget, you might think of the name Katrina, which is a girl's name, so Cat for Katrina. The day they went fishing. One summer morning, very early, Rao Vetter, which Rao will assume to mean Mrs., okay? Well, we can look that up later. Rao Vetter opened the door of her little Dutch kitchen and stepped out. She looked across the road, which ran by the house, across the canal, on the other side, across the level green fields that lay beyond, clear to the blue rim of the world where the sky touches the earth. The sky was very blue and the great, round, shining face of the sun was just peering over the top of the trees as she looked out. Rao Vedder listened. The roosters in the barnyard were crowing, the ducks in the canal were quacking, and all the little birds in the fields were singing for joy. Rao Vedder hummed a slow little tune of her own as she went back into her kitchen. Kit and Cat were still asleep in their little cupboard bed. She gave them each a kiss. The twins opened their eyes and sat up. Oh, Kit and Cat, said Rao Vetter, the sun is up and the birds are all awake and singing and Grandfather is going fishing today. If you hurry, you may go with him. He is coming at six o'clock. So pop out of bed and get dressed. I will put some lunch for you in the yellow basket and you may dig worms for bait in the garden. Only be sure not to step on the young cabbages that Father planted. Kit and, cow Kit and Cat bounced out of bed in a minute. Their mother helped them put on their clothes and new wooden shoes. Then she gave them each a bowl of bread and milk for their breakfast. They ate it sitting on the kitchen doorstep. 
This is a picture of Kitten Cat digging worms. You see, they did just as their mother said and did not step on the young cabbages. They sat on them instead, but that was an accident. Kit dug the worms and Cat put them into a basket with some earth in it to make them feel at home. When grandfather came, he brought a large fishing rod for himself and two little ones for the twins. There was a little hook on the end of each line. Vrau Vedder kissed Kit and Cat goodbye. Mind grandfather and don't fall into the water, she said. Grandfather and the twins started off together down the long road beside the canal. The house where the twins lived was right beside the canal. Their father was a gardener and his beautiful rows of cabbages and beets and onions stretched in long lines across the level fields by the roadside. Grandfather, grandfather lived in a large town a little way beyond the farm where the twins lived. He did not often have a holiday because he carried milk to the doors of the people in the town every morning early. Sometime I will tell you how he did it, but I must not tell you now because if I do, I can't tell you about their going fishing. This morning, grandfather carried his rod and lunch basket. Kit and Cat carried the basket of worms between them and their rods over their shoulders and they were all three very happy. They walked along ever so far beside the canal. Then they turned to the left and, excuse me, these pages are similar to cloth almost and hard to turn. And they walked across, along a path that ran from the canal across the green fields to what looked like a hill. But it wasn't a hill at all, really, because there aren't any hills in Holland. It was a long, long wall of earth, very high. Oh, as high as a house or even higher. And it had sloping sides. There is such a wall of earth all around the country of Holland, where the twins live. There has to be a wall because the sea is higher than the land. If there were no walls to shut the sea out, the whole country would be covered with water. And if that were so, then there wouldn't be any Holland or any Holland twins or any story. Now remember the title on the cover said the Dutch twins, but people that are Dutch are from Holland as that's a little bit tricky, isn't it? If you're an American, you're from America. But if you're Dutch, you're from Holland. Okay? Or any Holland twins or any story. So you see, it was very lucky for the twins that the wall was there. They called it a dike. Grandfather and Kit and Cat climbed the dike. When they reached the top, they sat down a few minutes to rest and look at the great blue sea. Grandfather sat in the middle with Kit on one side and Cat on the other. And the basket of worms and the basket of lunch were there too. They saw a great ship sail slowly by, making a cloud of smoke. Where do the ships go, Grandfather? asked Kit. To America and England and China and all over the world, said Grandfather. Why? asked Cat. Cat almost always asked, said, why? And when she didn't, Kit did. To take flax and linen from the mills, of Holland to make dresses for little girls in other countries, said Grandfather. Is that all? asked Kit. They take cheese and herring, bulbs and butter, and lots of other things besides, and bring back to us wheat and meat and all sorts of good things from the lands across the sea. I think I'll be a sea captain when I'm big, said Kit. So will I, said Cat. Girls can't, said Kit. But Grandfather shook his head and said, you can't tell what a girl may be by the time she's four and a half, 
four and a half high and is called Katrina. There's no telling what girls will do anyway, but children, if we stay here, we cannot catch any fish. So they went down the other side of the dike and out onto a little pier that ran from the sandy beach into the water. Grandfather showed them how to bait their hooks. Kit baited cats for her because Cat said it made her all wriggling inside to do it. She did not like it. Neither did the worm. They all sat down on the end of the pier. Grandfather sat on the very end and let his wooden shoes hang down over the water. But he made Kit and Cat sit with their feet stuck straight out in front of them. So they just reached to the edge. So you can't fall in, said Grandfather. They dropped their hooks into the water and sat very still, waiting for a bite. The sun climbed higher and higher in the sky, and it grew hotter and hotter on the pier. The flies tickled Cat's nose and made her sneeze. Keep still, can't you, said Kit crossly. You'll scare the fish. Girls don't know how to fish anyway. Pretty soon, Cat felt a queer little jerk on her line. She was perfectly sure she did. Cat squealed and jerked her rod. She jerked it so hard that one foot flew right up in the air, and one of her new wooden shoes went splash right into the water. Oh, dear. But that wasn't the worst of it. Before you could say Jack Robinson, Cat's hook flew around and caught Kit's clothes and pricked him. Kit jumped and said, Ow! And then no one could ever tell how it happened. There was Kit in the water too, splashing like a young whale with Cat's hook, still holding fast to his clothes in the back. Grandfather jumped then, too, you may be sure. He caught hold of Cat's rod and pulled hard and called out, Steady there, steady! And in one minute there was Kit in the shallow water beside the pier, puffing and blowing like a grompus. I don't know what that is, a grompus. We have two things to look up, I think. Grandfather reached down and pulled him, pulled him up. When Kit was safely on the pier, Cat threw her arms around his neck. <coughs> Excuse me. Though the water was running down in streams from his hair and eyes and ears. Oh, Kit, she said, I truly thought it was a fish on my line when I jumped. Just like a g-g-g-girl, said Kit. They don't know how to fish You see, his teeth were chattering because the water was cold. Well, anyway, said Cat, I caught you. I caught more than you did. I caught you. Then Cat thought of something else. She shook her finger at Kit. Oh, Kit, she said, Mother told you not to fall in the water. "'Twas your fault,' roared Kit. "'You began it anywhere. Where is your new wooden shoe?' "'Where are both of yours?' screamed Cat. "'Sure enough, where were they? "'No one had thought about shoes because they were thinking so hard about Kit. "'They ran to the end of the pier and looked. "'There was Cat's shoe sailing away toward America like a little boat. "'Kits were still bobbing about in the water near the pier. "'Oh, oh, oh!' shrieked Cat. "'But the tide was going out and carrying her shoe farther away every minute.' They could not get it, but Grandfather reached down with his rod and fished out both of Kit's shoes. Then Cat took off her other one and her stockings, and they all three went back to the beach. Grandfather and Cat covered Kit up with two pages turned instead of one. Just a moment. Covered Kit up with sand to keep him warm while his clothes were drying. Then Grandfather stuck the twins' fishing poles in the sand and tied the lines together for a clothesline and hung Kit's clothes up on it. And Cat put their three wooden shoes in a row beside Kit. Then they ate their luncheon of bread and butter, cheese and milk, 
with some radishes from Father's garden. It tasted very good, even if it was sandy. After lunch, Grandfather said, It will never do to go home without any fish at all. So by and by, he went back to the pier and caught one while the twins played in the sand. He put it in a lunch basket to carry home. Cat brought shells and pebbles to Kit because he had to stay covered up in the sand, and Kit built a dike all around himself with them. Cat dug a canal outside the dike, then she made sand pies in clam shells and set them in a row in the sun to bake. They played until the shadow of the dike grew very long across the sandy beach, and then Grandfather said it was time to go home. He helped Kit dress and put Kit's clothes, but Kit's clothes were still a little wet in the thick parts, and Cat had to go barefooted and carry her one wooden shoe. They climbed the dike and crossed the fields and walked along the road by the canal. The road shone like a strip of yellow ribbon across the green field. They walked quite slowly, for they were tired and sleepy. By and by, Kit said, I see our house. And Cat said, I see Mother at the gate. Grandfather gave the fish he caught to Kit and Cat, and Rauvetter cooked it for their supper, and though it was not a very big fish, they all had some. Grandfather must have told Rauvetter something about what had happened, for that night when she put Kit to bed, she felt all of his clothes carefully, but she didn't say a word about their being damp. And she said to Cat, Tomorrow we will see the shoemaker and have him make you another shoe. Then Kit and Cat hugged her and said goodnight and popped off to sleep before you could wink your eyes. That was a lovely chapter one. Chapter two will be called Market Day with Father. They're having some more adventures. So I looked up some words for it for us. And remember, the mom's name is Vrau Vetter. Well, I don't know because the only word I could found was Mivrau with M-E on the beginning of it, which meant mother. So it must mean mother or missus or something like that. And then the word Grampus is either something like a dolphin or a whale. Um, so it makes sense, some critter of the ocean that God made, huh? But it says, in one minute, there was Kit in the shallow water, puff beside the pier, puffing and blowing like a grampus. So that was probably some kind of whales and dolphins both blow out their blowholes, I believe. Right? So those are a couple words for us. And you could also look up and learn about why did those children wear wooden shoes? And what were their wooden shoes like? And how were they made? That would be a fun thing to find out. You could also study or investigate the country of Holland. The country of Holland. Where is it on, in the world? Where is it? Okay, Mimi's getting rather sleepy, are you? But I'm going to read you a little of chapter two, if not all of it. Chapter 2, Market Day with Father. <clears throat> One afternoon, Kit and Cat were playing around the kitchen doorstep while their mother sat on a bench by the door peeling some onions for supper. It was not yet supper time, but Rauvetter was always ahead of the clock with the work. Kit and Cat had a pan of water and were teaching their ducklings to swim. They each had one little fat duckling of their very own. 
The ducklings squawked when Kit lifted them over the edge of the pan into the water. Don't do that, Kit, said Cat. The ducklings don't like it. You didn't like it when you fell in the water, into the water, did you? But I'm not a duck, said Kit. Well, anyway, they're tired and want to go to their mother, said Cat. Let's do something else. I'll tell you what. Let's go out to the garden and help father get the boat loaded for market. All right, said Kit. Maybe, mother? Yes, said Frau Vetter, and you may ask father if he will take you to market with him tomorrow, if it's fair. Tell him I said you could ask. Do you know what fair means? I'll interrupt myself. It means good weather. Fair weather is good weather. And she just said tomorrow if it's fair. That means a nice day. Oh, goody, goody, said Kit and Cat, both at once, and they ran as fast as their wooden shoes would take them out into the garden. They found their father cutting cabbages and gathering them into piles. He was stopping to light his pipe when they reached him. Oh, father, said Kit and Cat, both together. May we go on the boat to market with you tomorrow morning? Mother said we might ask. Father Vetter blew two puffs from his pipe without answering. We'll help you load the boat, said Kit. Yes, said Cat. I can carry a cabbage. I can carry two, said Kit. We'll both be good, said Cat. Very well, said Father at last. We'll see how you work, and tomorrow morning, if it's fair, I'll see. But you must go to bed early tonight, because you'll have to get up very early in the morning if you go with me. Now you each take a cabbage and run along. Father Vetter went back to his work. Kit and Cat ran to the cabbage pile. Cat took one, and Kit took two, just to show that he could. When Father says, I'll see, he always means yes, Cat said to Kit. Perhaps it seems queer to you that they should go to market in a boat, but it didn't seem queer at all to the twins. Now I'll pause and go back to the word queer. Now we don't use that word very much, but at this time that word meant odd or different. Perhaps it seems different to you or strange to you. Now about the water, it says, You see, in Holland there are a great many canals. They cross the fields like roadways of water. And that is what they really are. Little canals open into big ones, and big ones go clear to the sea. It is very easy for farmers to load their vegetables for market right on a boat. They can pull the boat out into the big canal, and then away they go to sell their produce in the town. The canals flow through the towns too and make water streets, where boats go up and down as carriages go here. And we don't know where she's riding. Is she riding in England? We'll have to look that one up, won't we? The twins and their father worked like beavers, washing the vegetables and packing them in baskets until their good old boat was filled with cabbages and onions and beets and carrots and all sorts of good things to eat. By that time, it was nearly dark, and they were all three very hungry, so they went home. They found Mother Vetter had made buttermilk porridge for supper. The twins loved buttermilk porridge. They each ate three bowls of it. And then their mother put them to bed. This is the picture of the bed. Shows a nice picture of one of the kids climbing up. I'm not sure who it is. I think it's Kit. The bed, it opened like a cupboard right into the kitchen. And it was like going to bed on a shelf in the pantry. How about that? Did you hear that? The picture of the bed, it opened like a cupboard right into the kitchen. And it was like going to bed on a shelf in the pantry. The very next thing the twins knew, it was morning, and there was Frau Vetter calling to them. It's market day, and the sun is almost up. 
Come, kitten cat, if you want to go with father, she said. The twins bounced out like two rubber balls. They ate some breakfast and then ran to the boat. Father was there before them. He helped them into the boat and put them on... I was interrupted, so let's see if I can see where I was. It's market day, and the sun is almost up. Come, kitten cat, if you want to go with father, she said. The twins bounced out like two rubber balls. They ate some breakfast and then ran to the boat. Father was there before them. He helped them into the boat and put them on one seat, them both on one seat, and told them to sit still. Then he got in and took the pole and pushed off. Frau Vetter stood on the canal bank to see them pass. Be good, children, mind father, and don't get lost, she called after them. Kit and Cat were very busy all the way to town, looking at the things to be seen on each side of the canal. It was so early in the morning that the grass was all shiny with dew. Black and white cows were eating the rich green grass, and a few laborers were already in the fields. They passed little groups of farm buildings, their red tiled roofs, shining in the morning sun and the windmills threw long long shadows across the fields the blue blossoms of the flax nodded to them from the canal bank and once they saw a stork fly over a mossy green roof to nest on the chimney with a frog in her mouth they went under bridges and by little canals that opened into the main canal they passed so close to some of the houses that Kit and Cat could see the white curtains blowing in the windows and the pots of red geraniums standing on the sill. In one house, the family waved their hands to Kit and Cat from the breakfast table, and a little farther on, they passed a woman who was washing clothes in the canal. Other boats filled with vegetables and flowers of all colors passed them, and they were going to market too, only no other boat had twins in it. Good day, neighbor Vetter, one man called out. Are you taking a pair of fat pigs to market? By and by they came to the town. There were a great many boats in the canal here and people calling back and forth to each other from them. Kit and Cat saw a boat that the captain's family lived in. It was like a floating house. The twins thought it must be grand to live on a boat like that, just going about from town to town, seeing new sights every day. We should never have to go to school at all, said Kit. They wished their own boat were big enough to move about move about in, but father told them they must sit very still, very still all the time. There were houses on each side of the canal in one town, and the people were clattering along over the pavement in their wooden shoes. The marketplace was an open square in the middle of the town. It had booths and stalls all about it. The farmers brought their fresh vegetables and flowers or whatever they had to sell into these stalls, and they then they sat there waiting for customers. Kit and Cat helped their father to unload the boat. Then they sat down on a box, and father gave them each some bread and cheese to eat, for they were hungry again. They put the cheese between the slices of bread and took bites while they looked about. Soon there were a good many people in the square. Most of them were women with market baskets on their arms. They went to the different stalls to see what they could buy for dinner. A large woman with a big basket on her arm came along to the stall where Kit and Cat were sitting. Bless my heart, she said. Are you twins? Yes, ma'am, said Kit and Cat. And Cat said, we're five years old. Oh, my soul, said the large woman. So you are. What are your names? 
Christopher and Katrina, but they call us Kit and Cat for short. It was Cat who said this. And Kit said, When we are four feet and a half high, we are going to be called Christopher and Katrina. Well, 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 said the large woman. So you are. Now my name is Vrauer van der Klut. Are you helping father? Yes, said the twins. We're going to help him sell things. Then you may sell me a cabbage and ten onions, said Vrauer van der Klut. Father Vetter's eyes twinkled and he smoked his pipe. Kit got a cabbage for the Vrau. You can get the ten onions, he said to Cat. You see, really, Kit couldn't count ten and be sure of it, so he asked Cat to do it. Cat wasn't afraid. She took out a little pile of onions in a measure and said to Vrau van der Klut, Is that ten? Then Vrau van der Klut counted them with Cat very carefully. There were eleven, so she gave back one. Then she gave Cat the money for the onions and Kit the money for the cabbage. Father Vetter said, Now Kit and Cat, by and by, when you get hungry again, you can go over to Vrau van der Klut's stall and buy something from her. She keeps the sweetie shop. Oh, oh, cried Kit and Cat. We're hungry yet. Can't we go now? No, not now, said Father. We must do some work first. The twins helped Father Vetter a long time. They learned to count ten and to do several other things. Then their father gave them money for the cabbage and the ten onions they had sold to Vrau van der Klut and said, You may walk around the market and look in all the stalls and buy the thing you like the best that costs just two cents. Then come back here to me. Kit and Cat set forth on their travels to see the world. They each held the money tightly shut in one hand, and with the other hand they held on to each other. The world is very large, said Kit and Cat. They saw all sorts of strange things in the market. There were tables piled high with flowers. There was a stall full of birds in cages, singing away with all their might. One cage had five little birds in it, sitting in a row. Oh, Kit, cried Cat, let's buy the birds. They asked the woman if the birds cost two cents. And she said, no, my angels, they cost 50 cents. You see, now that the twins could count to 10, they knew they couldn't get the birds for two cents when they cost 50. So they went to the next place. There, there were chickens and ducks for sale, but the twins had plenty of those at home. There were stalls and stalls of vegetables, just like father's, and there were booths with where meat and fish and wood and peat were sold, but the twins couldn't find anything they wanted that cost exactly two cents. At last, what should they see but Vrau Vanderkloot's fat face smiling at them from a stall just full of cakes and cookies and bread and chocolate and honey cakes and goodies of all kinds. The twins held up their money. There on the counter was a whole row of St. Nicholas dolls with current eyes, and they knew at once that there was nothing else in all the market they should like so much. Do these cost two cents apiece, dear Vrau Vanderkloot? asked Cat. No, said Vrau Vanderkloot. They cost one cent apiece. The twins were discouraged. I don't believe there's a single thing in this whole market that costs you just two cents, said Cat. They didn't understand, did they, children? They had see, they had, it'll tell us, but they had two cents so they could buy two each, right? Because they only cost one cent each. And also, they said St. Nicholas dolls. And that would be sort of a gingerbread man, I believe. We'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure because the picture has something that looks like a gingerbread man with current eyes. And current is something like a raisin, I believe. But we'll look both those things up for, for you. Keep still, said Kit. Let me think. They sat down on the curb. 
cat kept still, and Kit took hold of his head with both hands and thought hard. He thought so hard that he scowled all over his forehead. I tell you what it is, cat, he said all at last. If those St. Nicholas dolls cost one cent apiece, I think we could get two of them for two cents. Oh, Kit, said Cat, how splendidly you can think. Does it hurt you much? Let's ask Vrouw Vanderkloot. They went back to the good Vrouw, who was selling some coffee bread to a woman with a basket. Oh, Vrouw Vanderkloot, said Cat, Kit says that if those St. Nicholas dolls cost one cent apiece, he thinks we could get two for two cents. Do you think so? Of course you can, said Vrouw Vanderkloot, and she winked at the lady with the bread. But you've got two cents, and I've got two. You've got two cents, and I've got two, said Cat to Kit. If you should get two St. Nicholas dolls, well, I should have my two cents left, shouldn't I? Oh, dear, it won't come out right anyway. Let me think some more, said Kit. And when he had thought some more, he said, I'll tell you what, let's. You get two with your two cents, and I'll get two with mine. And I'll give my other one to mother, and you can give your other one to father. That's just what we'll do, said Cat. They went back to Vrouw Vanderkloot. We'll take four dolls, said Cat. Well, 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 said the Vrouw. So you figured it all out, have you? And she counted out the dolls. One for Kit, one for Cat, one for Father, and one for Mother, and an extra one for good measure. Oh, Kit, she's given us one more, said Cat. Let's eat it right now. Thank you, dear Vrouw Vanderkloot. So they ate up the one more, and then and there, beginning with the feet, Kit bit one off and Cat bit off the other, and they took turns until the St. Nicholas doll was all gone. Then they took the four others and said goodbye to the Vrouw and went back to Father's stall. They found that Father had sold all his things and he was ready to go home. They carried their empty baskets back to the boat, and soon they were on their way home. The twins sat on one seat, holding tight to their dolls, which were going rather sticky. The boat was so light that when they went home from market, much more quickly than they had come, and it did not seem long before they saw their own house. There it was, with its mossy roof half hidden among the trees, and Varvetter waiting for them at the gate. Let me see, is that the last? Oh, one more page. Dinner was all ready, and the twins set the four St. Nicholas dolls in a row in the middle of the table. There's one for father, and one for mother, and one for cat, and one for me, said Kit. Oh, mother, said Cat. Kit can think. He thought just how many dolls he could buy when there were one for one cent. Isn't it fine that he can do that? You learned a great deal at the market, said Vrouwvetter, but Kit didn't say a word. He just looked proud and pleased, and he put his hands in his pockets. By and by, when you are four and a half feet high and are called Christopher, you can go with father every time, said Vrouwvetter. I can think a little bit too, said Cat. Can't I go? No, said Vrouw Redder, girls shouldn't think much. It isn't good for them. <laughs> Leave thinking to the men. You can stay at home and help me. Now, Mimi doesn't believe that last part. Girls think a lot, and girls can think of a lot of good things too, can't they? And figure lots of things out. But that is a very fun book. And we just finished chapter two. Very old-fashioned, great book called The Dutch Twins by Lucy Fitch. Perkins. Join me again for the next couple of chapters. Thank you so much.